Good morning, my friend. I appreciate you being on here um, today, Brian. Uh, this is Burn the Ship Podcast. Our goal is to find those entrepreneurs out there looking for some education, motivation, problems to be solved. Uh, we want to introduce them to friends like Brian here, um, who is an entrepreneur himself and can definitely help you solve those problems within your business. Uh, thank you for being here again. I really do appreciate it. I've uh, been connected with you a couple of times over the, over the past couple of weeks and actually kind of a chance meeting the first time that we met. And I've had a, a good business relationship with Lisa um, over the past couple of weeks. So uh, I'm really excited about the business we're going to be doing moving forward and what kind of content we can create for some of our audience. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of lead that into your business. Awesome. Awesome. My name is Brian K. McNeil, and I am the sales confidence coach. And what I do is I help entrepreneurs that have service-based business to sell themselves and their services better than they ever have before so they earn more money than ever before. I'm married, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, and grandchildren are better than children, just so you all know. And I do believe that I am here on this earth to help somebody to do what they do better. I'm a believer, first, second, and third, and um, I spend my life helping entrepreneurs to earn more money with being able to sell themselves and their services. Cool. And how did you kind of get into that role? Where, where are you from? What is kind of your background? Born and raised in the streets of Brooklyn. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> I, uh, I tell you, very interesting. I, I never, I do a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews and rarely do people ask me where am I from and all that, wow. rarely. But um, I grew up in Brooklyn, but my journey began at age 23 when my wife um, came to my job and she never came to my job <laughs> and told me we were pregnant. And I realized I needed more money. And people had been telling me at the time that I'd probably be good in sales. And I didn't know what that meant. I was 23. <laughs> I'm 53 now. That's 30 years ago. What is that? So I saw in the newspaper, that's how old school this was, entry-level sales we will train. And I took a straight commission sales job. How many people know what that means? That means you don't sell, you don't eat. And um, But I got good at it. I started to learn how to sell. I started to read books on how to sell. And by my count, I've read more than 700 books on how to sell. And um, over time, people start asking me, where's your book? Where's your book? So in 2016, I published my first book called The Shortcut, The Fastest Route to Selling Your Services. Just nuts and bolts. If you'll do what it says do, you'll have more clients within four to six weeks. And then I followed it up with another book called Asking for the Money, How Anyone Can Close More Sales, Even You. And then I wrote a not just for children's book called "Why Rhinos Make Great Salespeople." <laughs> so that all of that has brought me to the place. Now I've been calling myself a sales coach for 10, 11 years, but one of my coaches last year asked me to survey my clients and past clients and ask them what did they really get from me. And the gig salad word created was the biggest word was confidence. So I rebranded myself as the sales confidence coach. Sure. And so walk us through a little bit of that process. You know, how are you kind of vetting out good prospects for you and saying kind of here's where I can apply my services to kind of shore up that sales process? Yeah, I'm learning so much about how to help people to sell better, although I've helped thousands of people to sell better. And one of the realizations I'm coming to is people still do not understand what selling really is. They still confuse it. They think the key to being a good salesman is being well-liked. And that's just not the case. You know, they think if they like me, they confuse the concept of no like and trust. And they just only focus on the like. 
you know, but that's just not, that's not enough of a reason for someone to buy. And as I mature my game, as I help more and more people, I'm realizing there's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that don't want to sell at all, but they do need a new client. They don't want to sell, but they want to get a new client. And that's really a little bit oxymoronic, but what I do is I teach them how to sell in a way that feels authentic for them so they can stay in business profitably. And I teach them what to say and do so that they're confident in their ability to sell. So elaborate on exactly what you mean when you say sell yourself. You know, what what does it mean? How, how do you kind of teach people what the value of that personal brand is? How courageous do you feel right now, Bailey? Pretty courageous. Yeah, I'm in my own. All right, so. I want to role play some stuff with you, okay? I'm glad you're feeling pretty courageous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you four questions, okay? Four. Sure. So if someone asks you, what do you do for a living? What do you say? Uh, uh, help businesses with credit card processing. Help business with credit card processing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were at a networking event and you met some cool people there that you had never met before, and one of those cool people ask you at that event, what do you do for a living? Would you say the same thing or would you say something different? I would say something different. Okay. So put yourself in that scene at a networking event. Mm-hmm. And one of these brand new cool people you've never met before, they said, so Bailey, what do you do for a living? In that scene, what do you say? I do podcasts. You say, I would do I would do, poc- I I do, do podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's question one. Mm-hmm. Question number two, we're not at the networking event. It's just you and I talk. Sure. So Bailey, who do you believe would pay for or invest their time into your podcast? Hmm. Um, business development people and small businesses looking to you know increase the uh, visibility of their brand. Awesome. That's question two. Question number three is those people that decide to take part in your podcast because they want to learn and increase the visibility and all that kind of stuff. Once they decide to become involved, whether financially or just with their time and attention, what do you call them? A prospect. Prospect. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the last question of the four. So Bailey, what business would you say that you are in? Oh, I'm, I'm in the credit card processing business. I'm okay, in. Now the, you give I'm, me two. Let's, let's do the podcast part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's because my businesses are so intertwined, you know, the, okay, the way well, we'll that, keep them intertwined then. Well, just, okay. I, I, just to give you some, some, you know, a little bit of background about the podcast. So we've been in the credit card processing business forever. You know, that, that that's the real value that we bring, but nobody, um, you know, that, that isn't the value that we lead with because the real value in us as people is in our network. You know, we believe that the, the, the network that we've developed over the past few years in business is really the biggest value that we have. So it plays into the podcast part. Our services are the merchant services part. If I was to, you know, if I was to say what business am I in as far as the podcasting world, I'm in the businesses of helping people tell their story. Okay. Now, I'm going to pretend that I do what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I could, I could do them together, but I could do the podcast part and then the processing part separate. I'm a, I think I'm going to have more fun with the podcast, podcast part. Sure. So I'm going to pretend I do what you do, and I want you to ask me, what do I do for a living? Okay, Brian, what do you do for a living? Dale, you know how there's so many amazing entrepreneurs out here that find themselves with their head down, working their business, 
And a lot of times it's not working right. And they're trying to figure out how can they get information? How can they network? How can they meet the right people? How can they get the right stuff to help them? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Well, what I do is actually make it easy for entrepreneurs to get access to great information and great people. And I do it through my podcast so that they can not only network, meet other great people, learn great things, but then actually enjoy the process, have fun doing it and benefiting their businesses because of it. That's what I do. Now, how was my answer? It was good. It was good. And I used the story format. Sure. See, when you ask me what I did for a living, the first thing I did was I introduced into the conversation a problem that my service solves, and I got you to agree on the problem. I said, you know how there's so many of them that da 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 And because you understand it on a high level, it was easy for you to agree. You started nodding your head early. Sure. The moment you agree on the problem I introduce, that's the moment that you have metaphorically taken me by the hand. And now I can take you on a journey. So I got you to agree on the problem. And it all took about 30 seconds. Sure. Once I got you to agree on the problem, then I transitioned you and introduced myself as if I'm the solution. I said, well, what I do is, and I just conveyed that I solved that problem through my services. And then I ended it with a benefit. I do all that cool stuff so that they can um, have fun and earn more money is what I did. You know, and the way I did it sticks. Now, the way you did it by being descriptive, describing what you do is fine, but it doesn't stick. It doesn't sure. stay and it doesn't compel because your clients get bombarded by so much information every day. They get and they get real good at hearing stuff and then flushing it, hearing it and flushing it. Sure. So but a story format with a benefit attached to them tends to stick with them. And they can not only now they see you as a resource and a benefit and you stick and they can refer others to you because of the story format. Sure. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. So you, you're helping people kind of understand that every business has a pitch. That's something that I've really seen, you know, in, in the past year and a half is that through the pandemic, a lot of people have been forced in those sales situations and weren't ready for those sales situations as well. You know, it's mm -hmm. like they're, you're kind of speaking a different language to a different entrepreneur right now. And so many people are playing that quantity game of how many people can we reach out to in this space to close deals instead of really putting yeah. some quality to that pitch. Let me help you out a little bit more. Sure. Um, I'm going to suggest to you that you never pitch. Pitching is a concept that's a old school. You know, it's one of the reasons people don't like salespeople. They pitch and deals and stuff like that. Don't pitch. Tell your story. There's two types of people we know that love stories. One of them is children. We know they love stories. Tell me a story. And the other one is adults. And we know that's true because we watch movies and TV shows. If I pitch a ball at you, you're either going to hit it with a bat or swing and miss at it or dodge it or something. But none of those are things that you want people to do with your offers. You don't want them to dodge or swing at or hit or miss what you offer. Right. Tell your story. No more pitching. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you're, how, what is the typical like time frame that you're kind of helping businesses and business owners through that metamorphosis of learning how to sell? You know, it could be within 15 minutes or they can take a curriculum with me. Um, I believe I can make an impact in 15 minutes. Sure. But um, like I offer a, a free webinar. I got one coming up Monday night. If you want to know about it, I'll tell you about it. But um, but I they can hire me either through workshops or through my curriculum as a sales coach. Uh, my group coaching programs are the ones that's most popular. Sure. And what do you mean by group coaching? You mean group, like a specific group within an enterprise? 
Um, well, for example, I have one coming up on um, the first Monday in August for five Mondays in a row. And it's just everyone comes in as a group and I do the same class. I do the class oh, okay. as if it was okay. me teaching them. Sure. Okay. It's called the sales confidence course. Okay. The sales confidence course over five weeks. How do you meet your clients? Now, there's a couple ways that people do it. Now, I speak to gain clients and I put out content to gain clients. Now, the beautiful thing is something like this here, a podcast. This is a speaking opportunity for me. And if I'm effective, there may be one, two or three people on this broadcast that say maybe he's got something that I want to learn more about. I always come bearing gifts. I give a free ebook when I come and those people that sign up for the ebook, those become my, they have an organic understanding of who I am. At least they heard me at some point. I don't want a ton of hundreds of leads that don't really know who I am. I only want organic reach. They know something about what I do or they've heard me do something. So I speak to gain clients. And because I speak so often and because I've been staying in my game for so long, I get booked all across the country on different platforms because they know Brian is a sales speaker. You know, if we need a sales speaker on this event, who do we know that speaks about selling and themselves and their services? It's me. That's why you want to be known for something. You know, you want to be known for something. But I speak to gain clients or I put out content to gain clients, like an article or something. Tell me, it, it seems like you've really become an expert at helping those business owners and salespeople begin to tell their story in order to enhance their opportunities to sell. What has that ability, you know, and te- being able to teach people how to really tell their story, what impact has got, has that really had on your life and kind of the lives of the people that you've been teaching outside of their business? Besides the fact that I make a ton of money doing it, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I know for a fact, and the biggest impact is they earn significantly more money and they earn their money uh, in a way that feels good to them. Now, there's a lot of different benefits that come when you're feeling better about yourself. Okay. But my benefit is that they earn significantly more money. Here's the thing. A lot of them, Brother Bailey, they're operating their business and they have this internal screaming match. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If I don't get me another client soon, I'm going to have to quit. And I really don't want to quit. I want to stay doing what I do. And I help them to become profitable enough to keep on doing what their passion is, to keep on doing what they love to do. If they want to be a coach, a consultant, a trainer, they want to be in financial service, they want to be in real estate, you've got to earn money. Okay. You got to earn significant money because especially if what they offer actually helps somebody. If they, what they offer actually helps somebody, then they owe it to the world for them to stay in business profitably because they're not profitable. That person that they would have helped next week, next year won't be served. Sure. There's a, um, there's a concept called the sin of the desert, the sin of the desert. It's when you know where the water is, but you won't tell anyone else, you know where the solutions are, but you keep them to yourself. If you have something that you know will help the world or help somebody in the world, you owe it to them to offer your services. Today, selling is not transactional like people used to think it was in the era of pitching. It's a motivational act. You're motivating your potential client to take an action in their best interest through your services. 
Sure. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. It definitely does. And, and that's really why I asked that question is I'm trying to kind of quantify that for our audience is that when you develop that skill of telling a story and how you communicate that way, it pours into so many different aspects of your life. You know, the way that you re- communicate with your family, the way you communicate with your community, all of those different, you know, the way that you communicate with the employees within your business as well is, you know, you just approach, um, you know, you approach your dialect in such a, such a specific way, you know, you, you frame and phrase everything in such a, in such a specific way that, you know, it has to have significant impact on the way that you just have everyday conversations as well. You mentioned something there. I think the two most important skills of life, the two most important skills of life that have more to do with your happiness or sadness, success or failure, prosperity or poverty. Number one is the ability to communicate. The ability to communicate, articulate your thought in a way that they can understand it simply enough that they can get it. And I put communication in five facets, speaking, listening, comprehending, questioning and written. And written is only emails and text messages. But you got to be able to communicate simply enough that everyone can hear it. That's why I shoot people using industry jargon and all that, because if they don't understand all the words, the rest of the communication suffer. But the ability to communicate is number one. And the second most important skill of life, and it's really not second, it's one and one A, is the ability to sell. The ability to transmute what you offer in exchange for something of value, in other words, money. Sell people on your way of thinking, sell people on your ideas, sell people on your products and services. The ability to sell has so much to do. You really can sell your way successfully through life. And some people have a negative connotation to the word. I don't. I have a wonderfully positive connotation to the word because I understood how it originated. The word sell literally means to help. You know, that's what it means, to help. Coming from two Greek words, sell and ye. If you think of your work as to help someone to get the goods and services, to get the to help them to get the solutions that they want instead of selling them. Matter of fact, if you're one of these people who have a negative connotation to the word sell or selling, just replace it every time with the word help or helping. I sold the Joneses, I sold the Thompsons, I sell more than anybody. I help the Joneses, I help the Thompsons, I help more than anyone. It fits beautifully because it's supposed to. Sure. Absolutely. I have to ask, um, if you weren't in this role within different organizations, what would you be doing? You know, if this wasn't what you were doing with your life, if this wasn't your real drive, you know, where do you, where do you think you would be? What are some other passions that you have? Well, number one passion other than my business is our male empowerment networks. I have an organization called men male empowerment networks, and, uh, it's an all the time thing for me. I've been had it since August of 2013, but it's for men and teenage men. And we meet twice a month on the first and the third Tuesday of every calendar month. We do it virtually now. And um, because men tend to cry in the dark and men need a place where they can unburden and be transparent. No women around. We talk it out. It's a discussion group. So if I wasn't in the profession of helping people to sell themselves and their services, my full time ministry would be men and teenage men. Sure. You know, and I first and third Tuesday is the first Tuesday of the uh, first Tuesday of this month coming up. Sure. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. I think I want to check that out as well. I would cool. love for you to be there. Sure. And you'll you'll love it. You know, you'll love it. You'll meet the guys. We got a great group of guys. So. Sure. Yeah. Um. I'm curious as well, just to kind of pick your brain about this. So as you have developed this skill for telling your story and helping people kind of tell their story in order to increase and enhance their ability to sell, do you feel that you've become a better listener as well? 
Yes. Now, here's the thing about listening. Um, there's a different way of listening when you're selling than you are when you're just conversing. Mm -hmm. and, mo and most people can do it really good. They just have to be retaught how to listen. Do you feel courageous again? Sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> are we going to play a listening game, okay? Okay, sure. the game starts right now. Let's say that you are a bus driver, okay? And on your first stop, you pick up four passengers. Are you with me? Sure. All right, on your second stop, you pick up four more passengers. On your third stop, you pick up two passengers. You still with me? Mm -hmm. And on your fourth stop, five passengers get off of your bus. Now, what is the bus driver's name? Bailey. There you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Most people would say, you didn't tell me. And I said, yes, I did. I told you a lot of times. I even I could have asked you how old is the bus driver? Where does the bus driver yeah. live? Because I said, let's say you are the bus driver. Good job. That's the ear that you use to sell. Okay. Want to try another one? Sure. Okay. Bailey, spell the word top. T-O-P. Right. Spell mop. M-O-P. Right. Spell cop. C-O-P. Right. And spell pop. P-O-P. Good. And if you're driving and you get to a green light, what do you do? You go. That's right. <laughs> you continue. Two for two for Bailey. <laughs> Most people will spell out S-T-O-P. Stop. Now, why do you stop it? I slow it down at the end to make sure that no one thinks I'm tricking them. Right. So when you get to a green light, what do you do? They say stop. Because they're thinking ahead. <laughs> you have demonstrated that you're still in the moment and you're paying attention. Sure. Good job, bro. Yeah. Your brain is, uh, patterns are a big part of your brain. You know, your your brain really relies on patterns to try to be able to predict what's coming before you. and Predicting you just, versus listening. Exactly. Yes, but you were listening. Exactly. And that, that happens a lot of times in the, the sales aspect is like, you've probably been through the same sales scenario, telling your story and closing a deal. You know, I've, I've been through that countless, countless times you get into that. And I've dealt with this because I knew so much about my industry. I, I like, I really was interested in learning so much about my industry early on that I had the ability to come in and ask you who you were and ask what industry you were in and ask how you were taking payments and see how much volume you were doing. And I could put together an entire, Hey, here's how much we're going to save you. Here's how the process is going to go. Well, I've skipped over 98% of the selling. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I experienced that because I could, like you're talking about industry jargon. Like I could industry jargon you to death. I could do that to anybody. And early in my sales journey, I knew no better. You know, I just mm. threw up information on people because I thought that's the right way of calling it. <laughs> I thought that was how you gained credibility was showing people, you knew what you were doing in your industry, you know? So, and, and there's some of that too. And that, that actively listening and understanding that each, you know, treat everything as unique, um, was a, was a skill that I had to assess as well. So I wanted to pose that question to you. So tell us, Brian, you know, just as we kind of wrap up here, um, I got a couple more questions for you, but first tell us how people can reach you if they want to have a, a further conversation with you, how can they get in contact with you? I'm very accessible, but I just said the easiest way, just go to my website, um, brianknmcneil.com. Now, B-R-I-A-N, the letter K, and M-C-N-E-I-L-L, -L, there's two L's, dot com. 
On there, you'll be able to get your free gift, the one, two, three formula, which teaches people how to kill the question of what do you do for a living? And also introduces to them a way of selling your services. But also on there, there's a way to schedule a complimentary one-on-one -on -one session with me, 15, 20 minute session, and we'll be able to exchange some value. Well, it's just as easy enough to go to my website. I'm on all the social media platforms, but go to my website, you'll find out how to reach me. Sure. Cool. And, and as our last question here, I really always um, kind of ask this in a, in a different way. You know, I kind of put my own spin on it sometimes, but I want to know for those people in our audience that are experiencing, you know, or soon to experience their burn the ship moment where they are going all in on their business or they're acquiring a business or whatever that situation looks like where now they're, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week are intertwined into this one business entity. What would you say to those people that are looking for, you know, some type of problem solving or some type of motivation and they're really weighing those options of should I go all in on my business or not? You know, there are a ton yeah. of people out there. So can you speak to that moment that you had for yourself and what that experience is like? I can speak to that moment and I want to speak to that person. Um, the thing that you're doing, the business that you're endeavoring to do, are you doing it to people out there or are you doing it for them? And then the question is, are you sure? See, because a lot of people say they need jerks. I'm doing it for them, for the clients, for the prospect, for the world. Are you sure you're doing it for them? Because if you're sure you're doing it for them, then you owe it to them to learn whatever you got to learn, to work as hard as you got to work, to make sure that you continue. If you saw people out about to make a serious financial mistake, wouldn't you want them, to, wouldn't you not warn them? If you saw them about to go into danger, would you not want to stop them? So if you're doing it for their benefit, you owe it to them to stick and stay and learn and do what you can to the best of your abilities. If you're doing it for yourself, you'll start having thoughts about how am I going to eat? How am I going to feel? What are my friends going to say about me? Okay, that's being self-directed. But if you're other directed, you owe it to them to stick and stay and do what you got to do. Those of you who are endeavoring for the entrepreneurial life, I want all people to be entrepreneurial full time. I want that for all of my children. Even though the entrepreneurial life has some high mountains and some very low valleys, even though it has some wins, it also has a lot of pains. Overall, it's a much better life. It's a much better life overall, even with the winning and losing, uh, even with the exhilaration and the failure. And overall, it's a better life. Sure. It absolutely mm -hmm. is. You know, and one that one that we drive the drive our boat ourselves. Yes. Know? Yes. And then you get to the place where you're unemployable. You just can't work for anyone else. <laughs> and we look forward to those days. Yep. Well, I appreciate you coming on, my friend. I think you've made uh you've made really good use of our time, um, and you know, and take advantage of the platform and really giving us some good content. You know, I appreciate the tidbits have you given us. This. It makes me want to uh, go back and watch this recording again and really pick apart the the answers <laughs> that you gave me. So. Um, and I'll definitely, well, you did good, out, bro. <laughs> I'll definitely check out your book as well. Um, okay. you know, it's interesting to me, you know, the, the, the sale and I've, you know, I don't know about 700, but I'm definitely in the hundreds of sales books myself. So, um, mm -hmm. the sales psychology stuff interests me as well. So we'll check it out. We'll share all this with our audience. We'll get it out to as many people as we can. Like I said, I, I just appreciate your time and your attention and your effectiveness. Um, and the way that you speak, you know, it's, uh, it's refreshing. Well, good. I enjoyed you very well. I was very impressed how you did with the listening games. Uh, <laughs> and I would love to see the replay as well. Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. We'll get you access to all of that. So, 
Um, and Caitlin, unless you have anything else that you want to share with our audience before we get out of here, I think we're good. Um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, do the very best you can with your time every single day and you'll win. Thank That's you. all. All Thanks. right, cool.